What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Off the Rails, episode 12. I'm your host, Anthony Verasso, up in the great state of Portland, Maine. I use the word great loosely. Uh, joined by my co-host, not alongside me this week, Mikey McCarthy. Mikey, what's up, buddy? The great state of Portland, Maine? You mean the great city of Portland, Maine? Well, I mean, I don't know. I just tied it all together. State, city. Yeah, what's the know. difference, right? I mean... Yeah. Hey, Philly, Pittsburgh, what's the difference? All the same state. That there's a huge oh, oh. difference between oh, those oh, okay. who don't right. don't all ever right. don't ever tie okay. in Pittsburgh with Philly. <laughs> that's that's a way to get you going. <laughs> well yeah, what do they have in Pittsburgh? That Promanti Brothers or something? Some weird sandwich joint. It's a cool I, I bridge know. out there though, I think. You know, I heard I've heard Pittsburgh's actually a like beautiful city to good, go good to. Good sports town. So they do have a good – it's like a mini Boston. Hey, the best hockey team in Pennsylvania. You know, they do. <laughs> they do. I can't – I'm not going to argue with that. I mean, it's – but how much can we beat a dead horse with the Flyers? They, they suck. They're pathetic. Yeah, can... So, And you know what? Five Stanley Cups to two. So that, that'll get you a nice big shut the F up from Philly. So, Mikey, I got a question for Go you ahead. off the top here. Actually, you know, it's going to be a story and then I get a question. So the other night over the over the weekend, because today's Monday when we're yep. recording, you know, my, my girlfriend and I we go out to dinner on Saturday night, you know, because we're big spenders, <laughs> and <laughs> so we go to this fine establishment. I won't say the name. You know, we got a couple appetizers. You know, we have the dinner. We skip dessert. You either get an appetizer or dessert. I I don't do both, right? Yeah, I hear. So, you. so at the end. Okay, the waiter was all right. He was a cool dude. You skipped the he best comes part. over to the table. What the hell was the entree? I want, I want details here. Well, I'm, I'm not going to, you know, I, I just got a wrap, a chicken okay. Caesar wrap. What'd you, and what'd your boring. girlfriend get? Um, I think she got a wrap as well, but it had some kind of like honey chicken. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But anyway, so, so the waiter comes over at the end, okay, and, and we're in a booth, and he's kind of leaning on the booth, and he goes, "All right, do you guys, do you guys want anything else?" And I and I go, and we both said, "No, no, I think we're good. Like we're gonna have the check." Okay, comes back a couple minutes later with the check, and instead of just dropping it and leaving it, he just stands there in front of the table with his arms crossed, just looking. And and, and Mikey dead ass goes, "So how would you guys like to pay for this meal tonight?" And I'm just like, "I I, I don't know, like." Me and my girlfriend both look at each other like we're just gonna split it. We're gonna throw it on the card and we're gonna split it. Cause we at we the way we do our deals, me and her and paying for dinners and lunches, whatever. So we both take out our credit cards and we throw them down. Like, you know, you put them down at the check, right? Meanwhile, this guy's still here watching the whole thing. And he sees my card go down, he goes, Oh, this hit first, bye, grabs the check and leaves. So I'm like, all right, like, I guess I'm paying for dinner. Not a big deal. So we both just kind of laugh at each other. But, Mikey, am I in the wrong here to think the guy was freaking weird? Just, first of all, just standing over us, watching us take out our money or our cards. Or, two, like, why does he care how we're paying for this? I, I, I think he was interested in a little more than just you guys paying for the check. What do you mean? I don't know, man. It sounds like, you know, he was leaning up against the thing. It seemed like he was comfortable around you guys. I don't know, man. I think he was trying <laughs> to send a message. Really? I mean, I'm not going to lie. I, mean, I don't know the guy's personality, but based off the way you're describing him, he stood there with his own and he's, you know, leaning up. I don't know. I, 
I kind of get a weird vibe out of that. I think he might have wanted something more. That's creepy because I, I never thought of that. My first thought was like, what, who is this guy? What you guys he probably, care left, you guys probably you left my number on the freaking receipt. <laughs> oh, my God. We should have. Oh, that would have been hilarious. What the hell did I just open up now? <laughs> Jesus. Oh, am I stupid? That would have been all, oh, man. What? Am I stupid? We're going back. I'm, I'm going back to that place now. You just gave me the great idea. Oh, no. But it's kind of funny. It's kind of funny you mentioned the oh, vibe because no. there's an you ever see the show Practical I see Jokers? It all the time, yeah. Yeah, so there's an episode where there's four characters. One of the guys, Sal, he loses. So when, when they lose an episode, it's, you know, they compete to embarrass each other. Whoever gets the most thumbs down at the end has to do a punishment. He has a punishment where he has to teach ballroom dancing to couples. I've seen this. But his, but his punishment is he has to go up to them and say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm a wealthy, rich man looking for some love with you too type of thing. And as you were saying, like, your side of that story, I'm like, oh, my God. Is this guy one of those guys like Sal? He's going to come up with a briefcase full of money, say, hey, I'm independently wealthy. Uh, I'd like to join you two. But that just kind of gave me the chills. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm telling you, man. With the, oh, that just sounds like the fact that he was just standing there waiting for you guys. Like, I don't know. Like, did you keep an eye on him throughout the whole, throughout your experience at the restaurant? Was he like, was he, was he around other tables or was it just you guys that he was kind of hounding? So, well, he wasn't hounding us, but he was, he, I know he served the table you know, behind us, but then he had some in the other part of the room. So he wasn't totally near us the whole time, but now that you mentioned it, Mike, I'm kind of freaked out. <laughs> I would too. I can't help it. I can't like, that's what first came to my mind. I mean, whatever. Hey, if you get a call next week, just, just play oh, along God, with it. This restaurant. I'm, I'm not going to oh, say it. God. So Mikey, we dropped an episode last yeah. week, a special edition episode of, um, and off the rails free agency special. And guess what happens right uh, now? Breaking news. Nope. Yup. The Patriots make a signing again. Because it's like what we did when we made the show last Monday. You know, I mean, kind of dumb on our part to wait, uh, to not wait for free, the tampering period to hit. But we do the show Thursday. We drop it Friday. What time do we end Thursday night? Around 9 15? Yeah, a little after 9 o'clock. Yeah. Yeah. What happens about 10 minutes after that? The New England Patriots make another signing. They bring back one of their own, David Andrews. Hey, and a one-year returns, deal, right? Yeah. <laughs> returns to the team. Four-year deal, $19 million. Only $6.5 million guaranteed. A lot of reports saying he did not want to leave New England. Um, so he obviously took a big discount, Mikey. It's huge for the Patriots to bring back Andrews. A team captain, tough guy, always dependable. Uh, before I get into my thoughts on that, what, what was your thoughts? You know, I just it obviously makes perfect sense because especially you know if you're bringing back Trent Brown and you're trying to beef up that old line again like we talked about, how are you just gonna let your Pro Bowl center walk out the door? You had to have made an effort to bring him back, and you know the money the money absolutely favors the Patriots, so they got a hometown deal with this one. Right, absolutely, and that was the big thing. Like, you know, the Karras one they signed last week, one year, four million dollars. You know, is that like an insurance plan in case something happens with I Andrews? I think so. Who knows? But did the Patriots think they were losing Andrews? But hey, you know, with a contract like that, they had to have known something was going on. I th- but I think, go ahead. I was just say, I, I I think the Patriots did expect to lose David Andrews because you know it just seemed a little weird even before, even before Andrews resigned. 
you had players on the Patriots posting Instagram stories. Hey, thanks for you. Thanks for playing with us. Blah, blah, blah. Enjoy playing with you. So it sounded like an exit was happening with the team. But I mean, all of a sudden it just came back home to roost. Nice. Yeah, no, for sure. I, Julian Edelman, I know, posted one uh, on Instagram saying bye to David Andrews. But nonetheless, it's a good thing for the Patriots Huge. because you get you get your center back who's been there through it all for the Patriots since coming into the league. Um, he's very dependable, like we said. And by signing Karras, I kind of think it's a good thing, too. At, at worst-case scenario, you have depth now at center, right? But also, too, Thank God. this All offensive right, too. line is that – this offensive line has had a lot of moving parts so far since, I don't know, what, a couple of weeks ago? We, maybe we could see Harris play a guard or position or something like that, not just at center. See, it's funny you mention that because, you know, ever since Skarnecchia retired, I'm sort of wondering if the Patriots have this whole new approach on the O-line because, you know, I mean, Skarnecchia definitely had his repertoire and all that, but with him being gone, I kind of I kind of think they're looking in a new direction, a new – a new type of O-line that's going to stop. Because let's face it, when Skarnecchia was here, it was always about protecting Brady, protecting Brady. Well, guess what? Now you don't have a quarterback who can throw the ball, so you got to figure something out. So it's it, it's going to be a new direction with the offensive line, and I, I'm I'm kind of looking forward to see how they how they uphold the running game with it. Yeah, it's a great point, and you know I just think they're getting they like you said a couple weeks ago they're putting a lot of the beef up front. And it does look like from here, it's going to be a run-heavy offense, uh, especially with Cam Newton behind center. Mm -hmm. Um, Mikey, A.J. Green, former receiver for the Bengals, signs with the Arizona Coyotes. Yeah, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, they're both – I mean, they're both living things, so – Yeah, exactly. Uh, One of them's a little bit more relevant than the other. (laughs) A.J. Green signs with the Arizona Coyotes. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Go well, ahead. Might as well just tee off. Or the Phoenix Suns. Uh, Which one? Yeah. Uh, it could be the Suns. Maybe he'll partner up. Maybe Charles Barkley's coming back out of retirement. Who the hell knows? But one year, $8 million for Green with the Cardinals. Mikey, I bring this up because I absolutely love this We've deal. We mentioned a couple weeks even. ago. <laughs> He's got his hands full in Brooklyn. <laughs> I love this move by Arizona. We mentioned a couple weeks ago, right, when, when J.J. Watt signed with the Cardinals. Why did he go there? They don't really look right. like a legitimate Super Bowl contender. And we mentioned, you know, yeah, Fitzgerald is still technically a free agent right now. They have DeAndre Hopkins, one of the best receivers in the game. I they quite, Their running game is still questionable to me, but their defense is still good. Kyle Amari's up and coming at quarterback. I said they needed one more complimentary receiver to DeAndre Hopkins. AJ Green can be a little bit, a little soft. I love it. I love him yeah. as a complimentary receiver. And if they can bring Larry Fitzgerald back, that's a damn good one, two, three punch for the Cardinals. Absolutely. And, you know, with Larry Fitzgerald probably being in his last year of his career or, you know, maybe retiring, if he's ring chasing, man, he better look no further than the uh, place he's been his whole career because that offense, man, that offense has potential to put up numbers. AJ Green, he was most. For the most part, he was always the number one guy in Cincinnati. He was never able, you know, that whole organization just sucks as it is. I, I, I think a fresh start on a team where he doesn't necessarily have to be the number one guy, I think that's going to help him. And, I, and like I said, I, I picked the Cardinals to win that division even before this signing. I'm, 
I'm walking away with that prediction now because I think the Arizona Cardinals are are, are really going to compete this year, especially with A.J. Green now, too. For sure. And like you said, Green used to be a number one in in Cincinnati. Well, now he gets to take a little bit of pressure off. He'll be a number two. Obviously, Hopkins is one in, in for the Cardinals. And that's just going to give him much more – uh, better routes, more open opportunities. And again, if they can bring back Larry Fitz, man, that, that offense will be golden. And if they can just get a pretty solid running game to complement it, I like them coming out of the NFC. Hey, hey, you know, I really like what they're doing with Kyler Murray. They're surrounding him with receivers, not just receivers, but veteran receivers, guys who can make the tough plays, guys who have been in those situations where, you know, it's it, it comes down to crunch time. So, I think it's huge for Kyler Murray, and I think it's huge for his confidence going forward. Yeah, definitely for sure. I mean, I wanted to mention that because I just – I love when a team – I like when a team doesn't overthink things, right? Like you see teams that are they, – they need a certain position, and what do they do? They go out and sign something completely irrelevant to their team. It's Don't. just it, – they get so dumb, right? The Cardinals, in my opinion, they saw what they needed and they went for it. Just get a pretty good running back. Hey, I don't care if you I get signed on draft a guy. I, I love it. My whole point Mike. is, Mike, okay, they could have – you have a guy like Brady, and I, I don't know if I – I think I mentioned this in last week's show or in the free agency show. You so overpaid for Nelson Aguilar. You jumped the gun on the guy. I should have brought out my frying pans and banged him as I'm talking about him, like, you know, clapped him together <laughs> because that's what you got. You, you paid – yeah, you paid 26-something. You, you paid <laughs> You paid crazy money for an Aguilar. When if you just if you had a decent threat at quarterback, you could have maybe signed a guy like Juju for cheap money on a prove it type See, of but deal. What's so sexy about Juju Smith Schuster? Oh, what that he had a thousand yards once in his career. Have you seen his dance moves on TikTok? Oh, would you freaking stop? You out of all people <laughs> go. Oh God. No, personally, I, I hate the TikTok antics. Like, I, I can't stand. It. I think it's bull crap. Just go out and play the game. But you know what, Mike? He can be a deep threat, okay? And that's part of the reason why I – So can Aguilar. Reason why, can I finish? That's part of the reason why Pittsburgh let Antonio Brown go to Oakland at the time. They were Oakland. But, you know, Juju had to kind of change his role a little bit once Pittsburgh got Claypool. Clay, Claypool became the outside guy, and Juju became more of like the slot but could also go deep kind of guy, you know – the man can at least catch the freaking ball. Is oh, my really? Point. Oh, the guy who has yes. oh, the guy who has more career drops in less seasons than Nelson Aguilar. That's Juju. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah, I had a bit. Okay. Now, now the stats on this go back the past three seasons. That's all I'm saying. But in the past three seasons, Juju Smith-Schuster has had 14 drops to Aguilar's 12. Now, okay. Now, don't don't even dare, don't you dare throw that catching percentage stat at me either, because I do realize, I do realize that Juju Smith-Schuster's catching percentage is about 10 points higher than Aguilar. But you know what? I think that stat is extremely misleading, and I'll tell you why. Who has, who has Aguilar had throwing to him from his career since he's been in the league? Who was it? Sam Bradford? Carson Wentz? Oh, I could just go on and on and on about the sucky quarterbacks. Because you know why? Because you know why? Because attempts, attempts thrown his way get counted as – gets calculated into that catching percentage stat. So even balls that go – 50,000 feet over the guy's head is still still gets calculated into those catching percentage stats. Ben Roethlisberger, 
way more accurate of a passer than anyone Philly's had in the last decade. So I take that into consideration a little bit too. I'm just not so turned on about Juju Smith-Schuster because I don't think he's a number one. When he's a number two, that's when you have to watch out for him. That's when you really have to watch out for Juju Smith-Schuster. We all saw him almost get 1,500 yards a few years ago, but guess what? Who else was receiving with him there too? Right, Antonio Brown. Then when he becomes a number one receiver, he has some good seasons, but I don't like him as a number one receiver. Yeah, no, okay, good points. So, first of all, shouldn't that tell you something? When you you mentioned about Nelson Aguilar and the percentage and the accuracy, shouldn't that kind of tell you a little bit about Aguilar? He can't get open. That's one thing. As somebody who's seen Nelson Aguilar seemed, play quite he seemed a bit to have over, no- the last, over the last couple of years, Mike, watch him play. Two, how many game-winning balls does Nelson Aguilar drop? I can tell you. Just in 2019, there was three. There was three games he dropped for the Eagles. Just saying, because that's off the top of my head. I'm not looking at anything right now. I'm just thinking off the top of my head. Was he the number one receiver in Philly? Uh, no, Alshon Jeffrey. Eh, okay. okay. So, two, thank you. That's my next point. Aguilar is a number two receiver, just like you just said Juju Smith-Schuster is. So why are you going to overpay a guy like Nelson Aguilar instead of Smith-Schuster when we've seen Juju actually be able to make catches? His effort is in question, Nelson Aguilar's. And oh, by the way, who's the Patriots' number one receiver now? Julian Edelman. Are you sure about that? Yeah, I think so. Do we know he's actually going to make the team this season? I would expect him to. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So let, let's see what happens on that front. So basically, though, my point is Aguilar is going to be your only, your number one option for a deep threat, correct? You could assume that. Yeah, I, I did say that. Would you say that? Okay. <laughs> yes. Basically, thank you, Mike. The, the quiet means thank you. Okay. My point is give me Juju Smith Schuster over Nelson freaking Aguilar oh, oh my all God. day. I, dude, just what? Wa- wa- I don't, I, I just don't think Aguilar is as bad as people say he is. Who has been throwing him the ball his entire career? Some middle Mike, end of the range quarterback. Mike. I saw him have his best career season when he was out of Philly. When he was out of Philly, he had his career year last year with with freaking Derek freaking Carr. Eddie Munster himself throwing him the ball. And guess what? Nelson Aguilar, by the way, by the way, was a number one receiver in Oakland or Vegas last year. He put up what? Very similar numbers to Juju Smith Schuster a season ago. Well, they also had rugs as well, high first round pick. So, um, yeah, just saying and it wasn't Pittsburgh, just Nelson Aguilar, but also, but also and Deontay in- Johnson, two guys who also get pumped out of the Steelers receiving charts like like no one else. All I'm saying is, yeah. I think if you put Juju Smith-Schuster anywhere else on a different team, I don't think he really succeeds as well as he is in in, in Pittsburgh. If it's Brady here, he succeeds. Maybe, and by here I mean in New England. Well, I mean you mentioned, I mean you mentioned. Edelman possibly making the team. What about Smith-Schuster and the amount of baggage that comes with him and the, and the clown antics before and during and after the games? What about oh, When he drops a pass and he starts flipping out because he talks so much. Remember that game last year at, at the end of the season? It might have been a playoff game where he was talking all that shit, this and that, and then they lost and he was pouting like a little baby on the field. Yeah. No, I, I, because I don't he's like had that, some but bad I like drops too. I, you know, one in particular that I think about was that game – Third and eight last year, you know, Big Ben scrambles against the Washington football team. 
He's got to put the ball on a dime. He puts the ball on a dime right into the chest of Smith Schuster, and he drops it. He starts flipping out. He drops one ball and loses his mind. And at least Aguilar drops a ball, gets back in there, and tries to make the next catch. Does he? I don't know. Maybe not. Tries? No, he doesn't try. Nelson Aguilar, his effort has been questioned so many times since he's been in the NFL. So don't insult me with that. I've watched the man. There was a game against Atlanta for the Eagles didn't a couple years a, ago. He seemed to have a problem last year. Yeah, because he finally had a coach that's going to help him keep him account- accountable, whatever the hell that word is. And he okay? will now. And by the way, and by the way, how about the game against the Jets last season when he was with the Raiders that he was wide open behind a guy and he couldn't catch the freaking ball. Luckily, the Raiders still won that game. Do you remember that one? So that's one with the Raiders as well for Nelson Frying Pants Aguilar. Frying Pan Hands Aguilar. <laughs> that phrase just gets me every time. He does. Okay, I'm just, I'm, My point I'm just telling you, Smith Houston's not that much better of a, of a catcher than Aguilar is. But what contract would you rather? Because that's the whole point of this argument. And as usual, I let you take me away from my argument. Well, I'm just telling you, the only team where I think Smith Schuster would have signed, re-signed a, would have signed a one-year deal was with Pittsburgh. That's all I'm saying. I disagree. I think if you have Brady here, or you and know, I'm, and I'm telling you that if like Brady maybe here, Drew Brees, you're not getting him on the free agency. If the Patriots had a viable option at quarterback, you know, again, it's got to be one of those top guys, possibly Russell Wilson. I'm just throwing out names, Russell Wilson, uh, Deshaun Watson type guy. One of those guys, I think you can kind of be like, hey, Juju, why don't you come here? Team-friendly deal. We use you. You use us. At the end of the year, we'll I see. That's my thing. I just, I just I, don't I, think the Aguilar signing is all that bad. Oh, just wait. Just I'll, wait. I'll wait. Uh, okay, that's fine. You keep waiting. Meanwhile, Juju's going to be TikToking and dancing waiting, and catching. Waiting on the world to change. Uh, some other free agency moves, Mikey. You ever hear this guy, tight end Rob Gronkowski? Who the, who the frig yeah. is he? He's going to re-sign with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers one year, $8 million. Wide receiver Kenny Galladay, formerly of the Detroit Lions, signs with the New York Football Giants, a four-year deal. My man's going to get paid, $72 million. Left tackle Trent Williams re-signs with the Niners. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, quarterback Fitzmagic, will stay in the league for at least another season. He signs with the Washington football team. Mikey, we boasted about the Cardinals a little while ago. They did take a loss on defense. Cornerback Patrick Peterson signs with the Minnesota Vikings. Somebody tell Lizzo, new man on the Minnesota Vikings. You like that one? And then the Chicago Bears make a move. Do yourself a favor. Go light a firework and don't get out of the way. After saying that. Lizzo. Andy Dalton signs. Andy Dalton signs with the Chicago Bears, meaning they still haven't had a viable QB. Yeah, is, is he starting there? Is he starting? I mean, Jim McMahon like starting opening day for the Bears. For now, and it's week one, not opening day. But I mean, if you think about it, are the Bears doing what the Patriots did, giving themselves some leverage at quarterback See? or at least an insurance plan? Because think about it, the Bears have been rumored after Russell Wilson in Seattle. The Patriots are rumored after I don't know how many quarterbacks: Jimmy G, Deshaun Watson. I think they're trying to cover their own ass by having a solid veteran there. Yeah, you might be right. But something that I that I kind of picked up on was, does it seem a little weird what's going on in Buffalo with their quarterback situation? You had Josh Allen. Great, fantastic season. 
Then they draft Jake Fromm. He was projected high. The Bills took him in the draft a little bit. I think what he was what in the middle to the late rounds, Jake Fromm. Yeah. I, I forget what exactly round he did, how he was drafted in. But then they go and get Mitch Trubisky. He went to Buffalo, right? Yeah, Mike. Thanks for uh blowing the surprise no, for but, me. No, but like I'm I'm sorry to do that, but you know, I just think things in Buffalo are going are are a little weird right now. Yeah. So as Mikey just said, the Polish prince himself, Mitch Trubisky, signs in Buffalo on a one-year, $2.5 million deal. It is kind of weird. I guess maybe they see some similarities in the two's game between Allen and Trubisky. Like, one guy, you know, the big arms type of thing. So, unless I don't know. Unless, unless. I don't know. If you're Stephon Diggs, if you're Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen's out of the huddle, are you actually going to look at Mitch Trubisky being like, all right, this guy's going to lead us? A couple weeks ago, what did I say about those Russell Wilson ramblings? Maybe there's something brewing there. Why did you, like, tail off as you just said that? For dramatic purposes. Oh. Anyway. Hollywood. One quarterback. Special effects. Not on me. Well, I highly doubt that very seriously. Uh, Mikey, this <laughs> He wore the same brand of tidy whitey. Mikey Deshaun Watson's in the news, and not for a good reason. <laughs> there was a lawyer, a Houston-based lawyer last week, coming out with some accusations of masseuses with uh, Deshaun Watson. So far, it's up to 12 that have some alleged accusations on him for inappropriate touching, things like that. I don't want to spend too much time on right. this, Mike, because it's still an ongoing story. We still don't know the full details. Deshaun Watson's come out and denied it. Uh, you know, how do you feel about this? I guess my it, first it, question It's to just you. weird because, you know, when you hear all these allegations, what comes to mind first is, you know, is could this possibly be a money grab, this and that? But the only problem is the number of people who have accused him just keeps on growing. So, right. you know, if so whether you think it's a money grab or not, I think it's definitely a weird situation because – you know, in these kind of things, though, I always wonder, why does it always come out at once? How does, like, one person leak it, then another person leaks it, and then it just becomes, like, a domino effect? Like, I just, like, I, I don't want to say people are lying. I don't want to get into any of that. But I just think that, like, why does this all come out later, like, years after it happens? Right. I mean, I'm always in the thing, if you if you believe one, you have to believe them all, right? Like, you, you who are you to choose? And I'm not saying you, but it's like, Who's the public to say who's lying and who's exactly. not? Exactly. But I think the first, it's always the, what is the old saying? The first one through the wall is always the bloodiest. So I think once the first person goes, then everybody else feels a little bit more brave uh, in coming out and ac- accusing the person of what it is. <sighs> I'm not going to lie to you. At first I did, I was like, like you, it, it is weird timing, right? Is this something by the Texans to kind of, you know, diminish Watson's value around the league. I, I don't know, but Mike, it's just so much now that you really got to stop and think like, is there something there? See, uh, another part of it too is Deshaun's history. When he was at Clemson in college, you never heard about an incident where he was in involved in. He always seemed like he carried himself well, he on and off the field. And then, you know, there was never any junk around his name coming into the draft and when he got drafted. So, this out of nowhere is definitely a huge, a huge, you know, eye opener to the public. Yeah, for sure. It, great point, as you said, Mike. When he was, he never had a bad word against him, even at Clemson. So, you know, definitely a situation we're going to keep an eye on for sure. But 
you hope for all parties that everybody just kind of says he doesn't says he doesn't want to play in Houston anymore. Then all this pops out of nowhere. I don't know, man. We hope for all parties everybody's gonna be safe and you know all is well moving who, forward. But who? Never mind. I'm not gonna say what I was just gonna say because I don't. I, are you, what? What are you an owl? Go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say like obviously they're gonna investigate some of like all this stuff. I just want to know if there's any like you know if it if one of the quote unquote victims is related to someone who knows someone in this position with the Texans. I want to I want to know some of those details too. Yeah, I'm sure they're gonna come out. He is now gonna Deshaun Watson is now gonna be invested investigated by the NFL for their personal conduct policy. Invested? I don't not so much right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's early Monday morning, Mike. What do you want from me? Um, I, you know, I meant to say at the start of the broadcast too. I started drinking my uh, morning smoothies again that I learned how to make from Carter Hart. So don't expect my best today, and uh, <laughs> that's kind of proven true right now. Yeah, if you were playing, but if uh, you were playing third base today, I'd have to smack you. Why bring a glove? Exactly. It's just gonna go right by. No, no, anyway. no kidding. <laughs> that's how I typically play. Uh, the new NFL media rights deal, Mikey. Have you heard of this? Huh? <laughs> Games are going to be kept on ESPN slash ABC, Fox, CBS, and NBC as well. Amazon and the NFL Network through the 2033 season. Oh, the old crowd's going to love that one. Thursday Night Football. A- I-, I-, I got a thought on that in a second, so remind me. But ABC is now going to pick up two Super Bowls in this new deal. The first one starting in 2026. Three Monday Night Football doubleheaders throughout the seasons. Cool for ABC to get a Super Bowl back because, I mean, you know, they have Monday Night Football because ESPN, ABC, other than the same family, no Super Bowl is kind of weird. Yeah, so what does this mean for the Thursday Night Football viewership, Mike? Isn't it only being shown on Amazon? Something like that is just going to drive me nuts. So apparently it wasn't worth the money to put these games on on NFL Network or anything like that. So they're just going to what? Throw them on Amazon now? If you really, because it's going to be, what I think it is, is if you really want to watch football, then you'll really watch football. Right. So it, I think it's bad for the fan perspective because, but you know, I don't have Amazon. I don't know what the hell it's called. What is it called? Amazon Prime. I, I don't have that. Amazon Plus, whatever. Well, whatever. whatever it is. It's, I, it's always changing. Dude, I, I'm 27. I don't even want to do this crap. I just want to throw on the TV and watch the game. Yeah, why? Like, if you're the NFL, you have the whole country basically bent over a barrel, right? Like, the whole country lives and dies by your league. Why are you going to make it so difficult? Even even when it— Okay? Yeah. Maybe have better matchups on Thursday night, Thursday night football instead of having the Jaguars and— Jets. I don't know. Who's another— Yeah, the Jaguars and Jets. Like, no wonder why no one's going to want to watch that except for the fantasy I mean, people. I watch it. Like, put on some good matchups, I guess. Yeah, I'll watch that game still. But, yeah, that's my point, though. Like, like I'm one of those people who I will tune into those Thursday night games. I, I might not watch 100% of the game, but I'll definitely tune in. With this Amazon crap now, oh, you can forget about it. Yeah, see if they get my business again as I buy another shirt from Amazon. Um, <laughs> what? I say the same thing. I had a package yeah. yesterday. <laughs> hey, you know what? They did our giveaway, so yeah, it's true. Yeah, shout out Amazon. Actually, if you, had, if you guys listen oh, yeah. to want to sponsor us, give us a shout. Yeah, exactly. You know where to find us at Off the Rails Pod Two on Twitter, Off the Rails Podcast at okay. Facebook. We just mentioned them like six times too. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Jesus, Mikey, LeBron James <laughs> become a part owner of your Boston uh... Red Sox. Last week, LeBron became a partner with the Fenway Sports Group. 
Uh, I don't get why you Red Sox people are freaking out, Mikey. It's not like he's going to have any input on baseball. I'm just like, saying, though, like, like the fact that he's tied in with this club that's so loved around this city and this region of the country, and you have a guy of his stature who Boston sports fans love. We get up in the morning. We get hard to root against this guy every single year. I've been to one Celtics uh, Cavs game in my life, and it was when he was in Cleveland for the first time. And I enjoyed every second of booing the crap out of him. I love rooting against the guy. I love booing him. The fact that he's tied into my baseball team now pisses me off beyond. Oh, I can't even say it. Uh, the fact I could just. How old were you with that game? Because I can just picture 12-year-old Mikey at the game. Your stupid smirk. Okay. Ear to Polo ear. Hat. You got a you, huh? polo hat at the time, probably. Oh, wow. See, I was picturing a ratty old Boston Red Sox. A lot of those, too. On, you know, backwards cap. You're wearing, like, you know, like a sweater or something like that, all prepped up, ready to go, drinking a Coca-Cola, yelling at LeBron. I can just picture you. I know and exactly nowadays, what get you were. Nowadays, I thrown in jail for doing that. <laughs> I know. Yeah, you can't even yell at athletes. In Canada, you can't. Um, except you got to deal with the 70-year-old hardcore fans. Yeah, you know. But my, I just – I don't get it, Mikey. Like, what's the big deal? It's not like he's going to be – Hey guys, I think we should trade this guy for this guy. I think he's just in there. He's a businessman. He's money he's a damn good businessman as well. That's all he's trying to do, Mikey. If if you had that opportunity, you tell me you wouldn't. I mean, look it, from his perspective, I think it does kind of make sense because you know they say that if you want to invest in baseball, the market's down now, so you might as well buy. So I think it's smart from a business perspective, but from the fan perspective, it's do we really have to be involved with this guy? I mean, like you said, you really don't have to be. Like, he's really not that involved with the club. But just that title, part owner of the Red Sox, a team that so many people who have rooted against LeBron James enjoy, it, 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 it just sucks. This is like, this to me is like Peyton Manning becoming part owner of the freaking Bruins. That would be kind of funny. I would hate that. They'd all, they'd all have massive helmets because of the foreheads. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, those Jofa specials. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> You Red Sox people are all going to be loving LeBron. Not me. Not this guy. Not this guy. In 20, okay. When he brings it, you know, he's part of the team that brings a title to New England, uh, to the Red Sox again. You guys will be like, you know what? Why did we have a hate LeBron? Yeah. He's a damn yeah, don't good Don't forget guy. he's tight with Jay-Z, plus, too, who's a New York dude. So, And plus, don't forget, too, LeBron, he's also part ownership with the Fenway Sports, Fenway Sports Group where he had – didn't he have, like, a part ownership in their Liverpool football team? Who cares? <laughs> I'm just saying, people are gonna forget about it and love them. Hope some the of the Sox best football in the world. Okay, when when they start winning again, everyone's gonna be doing their their. What's the song they sing there? Seven Sweet Caroline. There. Yeah, they're gonna be singing that, wearing the LeBron James. Get, by the way, that's gonna come too. How long until you get the LeBron James twenty three Red Sox player? Uh, you don't think that that team over there is gonna try to push those out? Oh. My yeah, maybe he'll stop in Boston for his last stop before he retires too. Play with the we Celtics. should. Oh, Mike, if they do that, we gotta get you one, and you're gonna have to wear it for something. We'll we'll create some content where you gotta wear like a LeBron James Red Sox shirt. If it, if the Red Sox don't make the playoffs in the next two years, I'll do it. Oh, you know what? I know a perfect event you should wear it at Fenway Park this summer. You know. <laughs> <laughs> oh jeez. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll think I'll of something because we have to LeBron get that. On, 
on my ass doing his little pregame routine. Yeah. <laughs> show that show that off too while I'm at it. H A on the left on the left cheek, P P Y right there on the other, you know, like an happy Gilmore. Um speaking of the Red Sox, Mikey, they named Eduardo Rodriguez the opening day starter for the two thousand twenty one season. How do you feel about that? So the number three is it three overall payroll in baseball has Eduardo Rodriguez as their opening day starter. Yikes. Now, look, I don't think Eduardo Rodriguez is a bad pitcher. I think he's definitely shown signs of, like, of being able to really pitch and pitch late, especially in the playoffs. But I like him as a number three guy. I don't want him as a number one. And it's, yeah. Like, like uh, I, I get it. Chris Sale is still banged up. He's coming recovering from surgery. He might be back later in the year. I get it. So, you know, he's really your ace. But I don't know. I don't like. I don't. I don't like it. I don't. I still don't like their pitching. I really still don't like their pitching at all. First of all, use the term ace with Chris Sale lightly moving forward because he was remains an to be ace. Seen. Remains to be. Seen. Who the hell knows how he's going to come back from that? His Tommy John surgery. He already had a but, weird motion throwing the ball anyway. But good for Erod getting the start. He dealt with COVID last year. Really affected him. Yeah, that's he had too- like a heart condition with it. Good for him. You nailed it on the head. He's a number three. He's not a number one. He's a damn good third option pitcher where in the playoffs, he's nails. You know, he had that great World Series run with the team. Whatever. The Red Sox are playing the game. They're going to suck for a couple years more. Get all these good prospects. They got to replenish the farm system that Dombrowski depleted. And then they're going to spend money again like they do. That Dombrowski depleted. Oh, man. He he isn't the one who traded bets. He isn't the one who traded traded, uh, Ben Attendee. Mikey. First of all, okay, I get that. But Betts didn't want to be here in the first place, okay? He wasn't going to get the money the from the Red Sox. Sox. I blame that on the Red Sox. Okay. But by by Dombrowski trading away – he traded four prospects for a freaking closer and Craig, Craig Kimbrough, world, okay? And got a World Series. Okay. So he did deplete the farm system, though, with the series of moves he made to get them the World but Series. the farm system was already up in the major leagues is my point. But there were still other prospects that the team that the league thought so that were good series. prospects that he series. traded. So I'm saying that you got to replenish that, Mike. See, I don't think you got to. Okay, you know what? It's like we, it's like when you buy something, right? You got to take Who money the out of the bank. Mike, I I don't care what prospects they okay, dealt. Well, the league the saw them as good. The league saw them as good prospects. They have to replenish that now. Otherwise, how are you going to make deals in the future? When you take money out of the bank, okay, and you have bills coming, what are you going to do? To pay those bills, you got to put money back. Well, okay, well, guess what? they well, guess spend what? money. Free agency in Major League Baseball too, and you got to give up draft picks in free agency so wh- because baseball is the weirdest when freaking have they sport. Ever cared about that. giving up a draft pick to sign a guy? Oh my until god! Now, until now, getting this. until now, because obviously they're in a money crunch right now. Okay, everybody and also, up. thank God we're not in person again like we were last week because I would slap you <laughs> across <laughs> your. You like hockey? <laughs> Cut the crap. <laughs> Mikey, the league thought enough of the Red Sox prospects to make all these trades. How many trades did they make? Uh, how many prospects would they give up to Chicago for Chris Sale? Oh, oh, okay. Mankata, did they? Uh, Michael Kopech. How many, you know, again, they had to make deals. They gave up a couple prospects so for what? Ian Kinsler. They gave up prospects for the guy that won the MVP there. What's Pierce. his name? The Steve Pierce. Mike, you had to replenish it, okay? Guess what? The bill comes 
for Christ's sake. You probably won't have a guy standing over you watching you how you're going to pay it, but a bill's going to come and you got to okay, pay it forward. I, I, That's what they're doing. I understand that. And right now it's a bad look because the guys who were here aren't here anymore. And I'm, you know, I'm okay. I don't really think they really depleted the farm system because if they were making, if they were trading some of their farm guys for deals, well, then guess what? That meant they were in win now. Their guys who were in their farm going one through nine in that road, in that order, there's probably five or six guys that came up from Pawtucket. So I, I, I don't necessarily think they just dealt their farm away. I think a lot of their farm was already here. And the ones they did have, they could move and they did move. Okay, Mike. <sighs> Okay, who was that pitcher? Who was that pitcher that everyone said you can't trade? He throws smoke. I forget his name, but this was like three years ago. You go, he's the only pitcher you have left. I haven't heard that guy's name in two years. Was it Michael Kopech? No. Oh, because he had Tommy John surgery too. But, Mike, okay, ready? I'm going to try to explain this to you again. Ah, I'm ready. So say you're Pawtucket and you have Betts, Bogart. You have these guys that you did mention, the Red Sox. For the most part, we're homegrown in 2018. You know what those guys were before they were like big name stars? They were prospects, and they, and they couldn't deal them yet. I get, they didn't want to deal them because they knew what they had, the Red Sox. So they called them up. So they didn't make trades. They called up their prospects. Right. Guess what? There's five guys right there. You got to replace as prospects. Then to replenish those prospects after they won their World Series, they trade them away at their highest value. You can make that argument. To replenish what they need now. Okay, but it's when you take something away, you have to put something back. I understand that, but I'm not the one who wanted them. To, no, I, I didn't want them to. Trade I don't bets. think you do. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't want them to trade bets and Benatendi. I wanted those guys here. So what if the farm system would suck? I'd rather have a team that might win 85 games rather than a team that's in rebuild to, to replenish the farm. F the farm. Once again, the communication process is broken down. Mike, Mike, to be that dominant team, you need a good payroll, farm system. Payroll, payroll. I get that, but you need a farm system to make trades, Mike. Great. If you say, say the Red Sox didn't have a good farm system, do you think they were going to be able to swing enough trades to get Chris Sale? Probably not. Okay, so you need a good farm but system. They were, they were in a different position then than they are now, is my point. Oh, man. I'm not going to keep bashing my head through a they wall. In a different because, position, which is my point. Yes, now they're trying to rebuild it back up. I didn't up. want them to rebuild what, it back up. I wanted them to keep going. Whether whether or well, not they had prospects or not. Look, I'll give you the Benintendi one. I think they gave up on him. Way too quick. At least way too quick. Fine. Okay, he had one down year in a weird COVID season that, let's face it, that whole Red Sox team took last year off, okay? They didn't have their manager. They had 60 games, and then they were going to wherever vacation spot I'm very jealous of. The bets won. He didn't want to be in Boston, Mike. So, you know I what? Understand. He did good. What? I understand he didn't want to be here. But okay. I can't blame on the Red Sox for that. Mike, how did it work out with David Price? He was miserable in Boston from day one. The only reason why he came to Boston was money. Okay, so did you really want to do that with bets? You know, be stuck with him for 12 years and miserable making you – yeah, I do. Watching the team do. every day. I do. Oh, it's a different story then because I remember everybody was against David Price until he won the well, David Price. Well, I find Mookie Betts to be a lot more likable than David Price ever was. Even before- but when you're miserable, doing a job just for money, it's going to make you miserable and it's going to make people turn on you. Well, when you're the top three player in baseball, it's kind of different. No, it's not. 
Okay. If you're not happy, you're not happy. You think Mike Trout's happy in L.A.? No, but he's still hitting bombs. Yes, he's getting paid up the ass, and he's living in freaking L.A. Would you be happy? Not in California, no. Oh, my God. What? Let me guess. You love stepping outside on those uneven bricks in the city of Boston that have so much salt in them, okay? I didn't want to. I didn't say I'd want to play in Boston. All, all I said was I didn't want to play on the West Coast. Why not? What's so bad about it? Uh, oh, we said we weren't going to talk about it on this uh, podcast. Yeah, exactly. I would love to play in, in the West Coast. Are you kidding me? Step outside. You're a millionaire. Great living place. The sights ain't too bad, you know. But don't you dare take a piss without a mask on or you're going to jail. <laughs> Oh, here we go. So that's your issue now with the masks. Okay. Oh, I, I just think California is a dirty, dirty place. Whatever. Uh, can we move on now? We can move on from, from the Bo Sox. Okay. Guess Did you what? see what LeBron James does? It starts shit between everyone. <laughs> I, I'm a big LeBron guy. I do. I love LeBron. Uh, Mikey, how about that NCAA March Madness? Yeah, how about my freaking suck-ass bracket, huh? Well, who the hell could have predicted all these upsets? Seriously. Well, I mean, yeah, uh, uh, like you said, who could predict them? But man, some of these ga- some of these games were actually really bad. Like, like the Illinois. I don't know if you like watched the Illinois game yesterday. Did you watch any of that or like hear about it? I heard about it. I well, keep seeing some I'll cheesy just, kid with a mustache from Loyola. All I'm telling you is Illinois. Illinois is was a one seed in this tournament, and boy, did they go down hard last night. Hard. So, hold on. Are you doing a bracket, by the way, Anthony? No, no. You're not doing a bracket? No, because every time I did a bracket, I picked the one team, no matter what their record was, because it's the only team I know and I like in college basketball. So if I did a bracket this year, it would be the exact same team I always pick. See, well, so what I do is I'm, I'm, I'm not the biggest college basketball honk, but I do enjoy the tournament. So, you'll, so you know, I'll look at last year's the tournament and I'll look at, you know, the standings this year and I'll make my pick. I like to make a pick of a team, not not necessarily a one C, but a team that has an established basketball program, which is why, you know, I picked Kansas to win it this year. But Kansas's route is going to be extremely difficult if they if they actually want to win because, you know, they played, I think, Eastern Washington Saturday afternoon, which actually was a really good game. And Kansas is a three seed in, in, in the regular season. They finished as what I think it was uh, like the 10th overall team or something like that but no so i on that saturday game you had kansas win by 11 but oh my god in that first excuse me jesus i'm looking at the wrong freaking game here oh, yeah jesus, no, it, mike i mean you have this and thrown in the rundown at least i have no nine, not, i can't do math i thought it was 11 it was nine Welcome it to my won world. by nine but man did eastern washington play a good game i thought i thought i was gonna have a first round exit for the sixth time in the last 10 years that's what happens to me but man Holy smokes, Illinois. Illinois got absolutely smoked. Absolutely smoked. Is this that, is this that game? Yeah, I keep seeing this dude from Loyola with a mustache. What what the hell is that about? Well, he had a good game. And he really absolutely pants Illinois. Illinois only, only only scored 58 points against an 8 seed, Loyola Chicago, which honestly I've never I've heard of Loyola, but I've heard of Loyola Maryland. Yeah, good lacrosse school. Who the hell was Loyola Chicago? So it's just uh, this whole tournament is whacked, and somehow I'm still ended up as uh as as the number two team in my bracket, even with even with 
Illinois going down who I had in the finals against Kansas. So I will say it does seem like there's so many more upsets than usual. It's, and it's overwhelming. You can't even look at this thing without getting distracted by all the colors and green. Oh, it's ridiculous. Yeah, Mike. <laughs> Let me tell you this. The only team I know and care about in college basketball is Villanova. Oh, so, good. you know, yeah, exactly. So I always would just pick them. And I, I watched a little bit of their game last night. And they played some team called North Texas. Yeah, North Texas. You know what the team name was? Mean Green. Mean Green. It's where Akeem Talib went, I think. So why the hell? No, he went to Kansas. Why the hell am I going to watch Akeem Talib, North Dallas, Texas? Why am I going to watch Villanova, a dominant powerhouse college D1 basketball program, Not this play year. against, play Not against this year. a team okay, that had the exact same uniforms as an episode of Fresh Prince when Will Smith had to play against Malibu Prep. Okay? Well, while we're the at game, it. The game was close for five minutes, Mike. And then I saw Villanova up by 15, and I said, oh, see you in the Sweet 16. First of all, Villanova isn't the powerhouse they were last year or even two years ago. They're a five seed, in case you didn't know that. I and, did know and, that. And their, their schedule has been a cakewalk the first two games. They played Winthrop. Isn't that a freaking town in the North Shore? <laughs> I think so. Like, but don't forget, they also went 23 days in December without being able to practice because their season was stopped by COVID. Okay, well, same with Gonzaga, and they still went undefeated. But Please, You know what? I'm so sick of Gonzaga. Remember me too. They had that kid? I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. I, who was I the kid they had? A, who was the kid they had in, like, 06? He had the mustache and the long hair. Oh, the white he kid. Could, yeah, yeah. He could. He was Steph Curry of college basketball. He could hit a three anywhere. Went to the pros and just sucked. I'm so sick of Gonzaga. They always have like a dominant team and then just flame out. Look, I get them losing to Kansas. So Adam Morrison, by the way, is the kid's name. Oh Jesus! But no, but as you mentioned Villanova. You know they had a cakewalk so far. Winthrop. Oh, like I don't know one person that even came close to picking Winthrop in that game. And then North Texas, they did beat Purdue. So you know. Eh. Maybe, but no, they came up really shy. This next game, if, if Villanova wins this next game on the 27th, I will really give them props and turn around on Villanova. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You're telling me Villanova doesn't play the next game for another five days? Correct. What the hell? Why, why is it stopping? Well, like, usually the well, tournament you is usually like... play. You usually play back-to-back or like or within two days of each other. Then... And then there's like, I don't know, like a four four day break, so you can practice and do all this stuff. <coughs> yeah, you're right. By the way, Mike, get away from the microphone when you cough. That's gross. They play Baylor on Saturday. Jesus, yep. they play what Baylor, that? and then if they win that, they'll play on on, on Monday. Whatever. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll watch the tournament again on Saturday. Call me a snob. This you know what? Thing- I'm not even a snob. I can watch if there's like a good game if it's built up there's but money know, on the line i'll watch but i know like the first couple of days are all you know the big teams like i know duke's not right now but like you know duke north carolina against like eastern middle tennessee west university uh, you, like, uh, like you know while you're at it uh unc got smoked in their first game so oh no who would they play wisconsin good team wow you know what team i just have always despised in college basketball bc did you say Boston College? Yes, because I, I have a thing about them. 
No, because you have to actually be relevant for me to care. Exactly, but exactly. Duke, Thank you. Duke Thank basketball. You. I Thank cannot you. stand Duke basketball. And that Mike Krzyzewski guy, oh, I cannot stand them. I He's so arrogant and smug. I have a lot of respect for Coach K after the comments I heard him make to Jason Tatum. Did you hear that? No. So, oh, this just resurfaced the other day. So, when Jason Tatum was at Duke, there was one game where I think Coach K, like, called out Tatum because he was, like, half-assing it or something like that. And, 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 and one thing Tatum holds high regard to is the fact that he's this big, bad St. Louis kid. Oh, I'm from St. Louis. You can't mess with me. And Coach K one day, in the, in the middle of the game, pulled him aside and said, you're playing like a soft-ass kid from St. Louis. Huh. And then the next half, what do you know? Tatum went on for 23 points. Are you even tough if you're from St. Louis? Like, I, I don't get it. Don't let Tatum Saint... hey, you say that, dude. Yeah, like I give a rat's ass what Jason Tatum thinks of me. But <laughs> is St. Louis supposed to be like a dominant, tough area? Yeah, you can climb. if you can climb the arch, you're the man. Anyway. Uh, Mikey, speaking of the uh, Jason so Tatum. so confusing, this goddamn bracket. Because, like, I'm looking at it. Then, like, the things are in gray. The things that you predicted are in gray. But the actual games are like colored in, so I'm like, oh, I like lost my, I lost my. It's so damn confusing. Well, you know what? Good luck, and please keep us updated because it's very invigorating. Uh, Mikey, the Celtics. <laughs> speaking of Jason Tatum, they continue to struggle. Okay, I'm not gonna lie to you. I thought they would figure it out before the All Star break, right? They go in winning four in a row. They look good, and then they come out of it. They lose a couple games. The Utah game, I get last week they lose. You know, that was a good back-and-forth game. But I'll tell you what, Donovan Mitchell, to steal, what does Stephen A say? He's a bad man. Donovan Mitchell, man, he Stay took over that off game. the weed. He, yeah, pot kettle. He, uh, Donovan Mitchell took over that game last week, won it for him. You know, it is what it is. Sometimes the better team wins. But the next night, the Celtics go into Cleveland and lose to the freaking Cavaliers. Did you see the court, by the way, in Cleveland? It no. literally, the logo looks like it was hand-drawn by, like, a preschool kid. Me. Yeah, it, it was terrible. Uh, like, and, and the Celtics go in there and they lose to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Okay? Uh, you know, I know they won Sunday night against Orlando. But, I mean, Jesus, I, I hope you could beat the team from Disney. Okay, didn't this all stem back to like a season or two ago when it was, oh, come talk to us in the playoffs? Remember that comment that someone made? Was it Tatum that made that comment? Probably Jalen Brown. He's so cocky. Come talk to us when it's the playoffs. Oh, my God, I hate that. That has that just has the identity of this team right now. They're thinking about the playoffs. They can just cakewalk their way through the regular season. That's what it seems like they're doing. It doesn't seem like they're actually trying to push and make a, make a run to get to the top of the standings. No, let's just get through. Let's get to the playoffs. I hate that. You know what? I hope this team goes a first-round exit. Hey, me too. I, I would love that. Um, but I think a lot of their arrogance does come from Tatum. He does carry himself like like he is just, you know, the next Michael Jordan, for Christ's sakes, walking him out there. There was a play in that Utah game. He missed the free throw, got the rebound, missed that. He's like punching the back, the, the hoop there, the padding. This team, man, I'm not going to lie to you. They got a lot of selfish guys. And they always used to blame Kyrie because he was there. And, and and you say the players think that they're already cakewalking to the playoffs. I go back to a couple weeks ago when one of the owners was on a Boston sports radio show saying, well, we, you know, we're starting to, we're dealing with the Kyrie leaving us effect. 
Dude, it's oh, been two years. So it's been two years, and even in his last year, you knew Kyrie was leaving. So don't give me that as, as an excuse. That's sickening. So they always say the fish rots from the head down. Well, guess what? It rots from the head down in this situation. And, and between Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, wee! How'd you do it last week for three? JB. Yeah, they they get their whoop de doo dunks. Great, awesome. From JT, this team is screwed. Okay, you have the NBA trade deadline coming up later on this week. They got to make a trade, you know, if they want to actually make some noise in the playoffs. See, you know, you mentioned Tatum too, and how and how much of a dink he kind of is. You know, I heard someone mention this, and it just makes way too much sense to me that I have to share it. Is that, you know, guys like Tatum, who their whole life since they were twelve years old for these prodigies in their sport, basketball. They've always been the man. They've always been the man. They get told their whole life how great they are, how good they are. They've always been the top-notch talent, being recruiting, going to Duke, being the best basketball school, best basketball player. And then you got to get to a point where you're not necessarily the greatest guy on the court anymore, and you have to face some adversity, and then they just tuck their tail in. I think that's exactly the case with Jason Tatum. He's gone his whole life, everyone kissing his ass. Oh, you're so good. Oh, you're so great. I'm going to I'm gonna remember you someday. Oh, thanks, man. Thanks, man. The kid from St. Louis. And then guess what? He actually has a head coach who's trying to check him. And now he just tucks his tail in and whines about it. Oh, I yeah. Can't, uh, it's, 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 yeah, I mean, I just not, don't. Not that, a Tatum fan. No, I mean, and well, the craziest thing to me, too, in the past week and a half watching their games is, has he always been this passive? You know, as the game's winding down, I see him kicking it out to Marcus Smart for the big shot. Hell, Daniel Tice was one of the games. I mean, I thought he was the guy that wanted the ball at the end of the game with the last shot. See, I think a little arrogance is going on here because I think that the head coach, who I like, by the way, I think Brad Stevens is a good head coach, but I think it's it can't just be one guy. It can't just be two guys taking that shot. So I think Tatum gets the ball and goes, fine, you don't want it to be me? Here. I'll dish it to Smart. Let him miss the shot, and then we'll all blame him and say, see, guess what? You don't want to give me the ball, so I'll pass it off. And then when he misses, you can't blame me. I think a little bit of that's going on, too. Yeah, hey, you could be right. I mean, it's just very weird. I always just thought he was the closing type of guy, like like we saw with Donovan Mitchell the other day. But you mentioned Brad Stevens. Shots too. Like, like all those Kobe – like him hanging out with Kobe and all that stuff, and, you know, he's trying to be Kobe. I hate that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you mentioned Brad Stevens, Mike. He had to deny multiple times last week that he would go back home and coach the Indiana basketball team, the college team, as they fired their coach. But, uh, you know, you said he says that he's a true mass hole now, like if I would ever want to be that. But if I were him, I'd be running back to college basketball. Are you shitting me? Like your hometown team? I mean, first of all, if there even is a shelf life for NBA coaches, it can't be that long because all you need are the best players. Coaches don't mean squat in basket in the NBA. Right. So, you know, if I was him, I'd be leaving yesterday. See, I just think, you know, like you said, the head coach in the NBA, the shelf life isn't long. College basketball will always be there for him. He's still a young guy. He can stick it out as long as he wants, I think, in the NBA before he could even consider going back to college. Because, you know, some of these college head coaches, they're older. They've had their days. Brad Stevens, he 
I don't think he won a national championship with Butler, did he? No, he brought him to the final four. Twice, I think. Yeah, I, I think they went there twice. And look, I think college basketball is always going to be there. Who knows? If I'm willing to bet you, I'm willing to bet you, the next time this happens, Indiana won't have a head coach anymore. I, I'm willing to bet you. I'm willing to bet you because I don't think – I mean, I don't really know much about Indiana basketball or who they're looking into, but I just think that if Brad Stevens wants to make himself available to that university, they will go after him. It's a good point. <clears throat> I just think that it's going to start getting rocky towards the end here um, with the Celtics. But, um, yeah, we'll see what happens with Brad Stevens. So, definitely – you know, the player, you know, going back to what I said, coaches don't mean shit in this league. You look at the coach a couple of years ago in Toronto, right? Was it Nick Casey or something? Did he make a difference or was it getting Kawhi Leonard while they won the title? Absolutely. It was Kawhi Leonard. The head coach. So, kidding me? Yeah, you, you could be onto something there. <laughs> Nobody can rack the balls like a head coach, let me tell you. But, Mikey, a couple injuries, big ones that I'm going to mention real quick in the NBA. Part owner of the Red Sox, LeBron James, injured over the weekend. He's got a high ankle sprain. He's going to miss at least a month. And LaMelo Ball fractures his right wrist, potential rookie of the year, rumored to be out for the rest of the season. He's with the Charlotte Hornets. I think that's their name now. I don't know. They always change their name. But uh, Bobcats. Yeah, dude, Ball was having a damn good season. Yeah. All right, then. Dude, I just think with him, though, like, like he's a pretty good player, but, man, his face is something that I hate more than anyone in the NBA. Yeah, not the most attractive fellow, but I guess when you have a big bank account, that can uh, that can always work in your favor. But, Mikey, how about the other team that calls the Garden home, huh? The Boston Bruins. Let's go over there last week, right? They're in Pittsburgh for a couple games. Dan Vladar gets his first career start and win against the Penguins. Uh, it was a 2-1 to win on the second night of a back-to-back. And maybe even made the save of the season. If you don't like my word for it, go look it up. Uh, I thought he looked pretty <laughs> impressive. I thought he looked composed in net, Mike. It's one game. Can we get more of a freaking more of a a chart on this guy than one game? Because you know, there's been some goalies in this league I've seen have a shutout and give up five the game after. So you know, I just I want to see more of this guy. Did okay, he look first... good in his first game? Did he look good in his first game? Absolutely, he looked fantastic. I'm not ready to say, you know. This is, there's also this freaking perspective. Oh, oh, he, he's six foot six. Oh, he's six foot six. Oh, the six foot six gold. Like Ben Bishop. Oh, six, six, six. Oh, the big guy. Screw the big guy. I'd rather a goalie who's shorter and more athletic. You know what? I don't, I don't, I don't like these big ass goals. He's, he's a big guy. He's a wall. So what? When you got to move side to side, I mean, he looked pretty good making that save, I must admit. But hey, I want to see more of this guy. The big, tough, tall goalies. Get out of here with that. I'd rather the shorter athletic guy. Yeah, I all I, I didn't say he was fantastic. I just said he looked pretty impressive and that he looked composed. No, I'm when not I'm, when I'm watching think. young goalies, I want to see the composure. I mean, he made a save right at the buzzer. So that was no, that was good to see. And again, everybody's so quick to jump on these young goalies that they because they have one good game the next big thing, right? I mean, Montreal's got a kid in the minors, Caden Primo, okay? You know if he comes up and has a game that's similar to this, they're going to be like, "Oh, let's move on from Carey Price." You know, we got the next Whatever. The Bruins' legitimate number one goaltender is still in the minors. Okay? It's that Jeremy Swayman. He's their prospect goalie that's supposed to take over and be the next big thing for them. 
But it's not bad to have some options, Mike, okay? If Ladar plays well, you know, maybe you can kind of trade him, fulfill some prospects. Uh, or so he has a decent backup for cheap money. I think it's proven, though, Halak is definitely not going to be here after the season. And, yeah, where's the other goalie you failed to mention? Tuca? Yeah, where's he? Probably in Cabo right now, taking oh. a midseason break. Oh, yeah, he's out for recess. He's out rolling in the grass with the kids. He's out having his juice box right now. He Talk about a player who couldn't wait for this to happen. Talk about a player who was waiting and couldn't wait for some, some kind of COVID thing to happen where he could take a break. He just missed the last six games, right? Because he had a back injury, okay? I get it. The back injury lingers. You want to keep him out, keep him healthy for the playoffs. I get it. What a perfect time. Hey, more vacation time for Tuca. More time to kick back, drink your long drink juice box, and kick it. Oh, it pisses me off. Because you know what? It's actually going to benefit the Bruins in the long run, having this little break with COVID, because it's going to benefit the goalie. It's going to – because anytime the goalie has a period, of, a period of time that he takes off or something, he always comes back and plays well. You had, you had a couple seasons ago when he had the whole thing with his family I don't want to get into, and then he came back, and the team went to the cup finals. They had a good run. Okay? And now this. He was out for the last six games or so with an injury, and now we have a little delay in games and practice and all that or whatever. Because of COVID, oh, Tuka Rask was waiting for this. He's sucking on his thumb at home right now. Well, hold on. You got to admit, Rask was in a damn good rhythm before everything happened, right? Like, yeah. he, was, he was one of the top goalies. So just because, yeah, they, he was injured and now the Bruins are shut down, we'll get, more, get to that more in a minute. It doesn't mean it's automatically going to benefit. When you're in a rhythm, you don't want to just abruptly stop like that because now you have to recharge up and get back to it. So it's not a guarantee he's going to be a Vesna-type goalie when they come back. But with that, but knowing the way that guy's brain works and how there always seems to be something going on in his life, it just seems like the more breaks the guy gets, the better off he's going to be. And that's kind of what I'm judging this off. So what do you care, Mike? winning a game or two in the middle of freaking March against Pittsburgh or him taking you to the Stanley Cup. You can take the games against Pittsburgh in the middle of the season and throw them out. I'd rather my goalie take me to the Cup. Isn't the season winding down? Well, the season ends in like the second week of May. Okay, yeah, I got a month and a half left. That's not really the... I wouldn't... I mean, I guess it's the middle of the season. But if it is if it, if it is legitimately a back thing, Mike, he's 35, 36 years old with a back I injury. That you're going to watch. I get that. You want to make him linger. But I'm talking about the timing of this COVID thing. He was supposed to come back pretty soon. And now there's a whole nother delay, which is my point. It's the more time off for this guy, I think, the more it benefits him and his team. And why do you have a problem with that? I just I just think Tugarask is – I just think it, sh- it shouldn't take this for you to have a, a goalie whose head is plugged in. That's, that's all I'm saying. It well, with, with the money he makes, break. I can get your argument. Exactly. He's one of the top paid goalies in the freaking league. So. And, and if, it was, if, if, if it was up to me, I would have traded him last year or two, three, four years ago. All right, then. And then who would have been your goalie? Halak? Because, I mean, Martin all Jones. you, you – uh, Martin who, Jones. Yeah, because he's doing so well in Tampa and in, in San Jose right now. You, okay. You think they, they want to redo that deal? Okay, but I, I, I think your team would have been better off. I think it would have had more prospects. If you traded Rask when you got Martin Jones, Jones – you could have had quite the flow of prospects, I think. Wow. So now you think it's a good thing and it's an actual thing that you have to replenish your farm system with prospects. Well, the Bruins didn't have much in the first place and they didn't oh, just come off the cup win. 
All right. Anyway, going back to that game against Pittsburgh, Brandon, you know, yo, hold on. You're pissing me off with the whole prospect thing because I don't think they you're understanding had, what I'm saying. They would have had their next guy and still would have been fine. That's my whole point. They still it, – it's like, okay, you traded Mookie Betts. Do you have another player who's going to be the next Mookie Betts? No. Do you had, would you have had a guy who could have been the next Tuka Rask? Mike. Maybe. Mike. Maybe. Mike, there's two guys that are in that league that are Mookie Betts, and the other one plays on the other side of Los Angeles. You got a decent prospect in the Verdigo guy there that you love. Okay, so yeah, it's so it's going to be impossible to replace replace Mookie Betts, but they got a guy who's major league ready as a top prospect. Okay, so I don't want to hear about that. Pro- who did the Bruins? Who this kid Vladar was drafted? What 15, 16, One of those drafts, he wasn't going to be ready right away. He was a third round pick. Right, I I I don't expect much from him either. I don't want Vladar to be here. But okay, so you're banking on Martin Jones. You would have had to have signed him to a big contract. So right there, you're getting yourself into a conundrum like you just do at Rask. Okay, well, Martin Jones will actually show up in the playoffs. I don't know if that's a good thing, Mike. You you watch him? Seriously, I'm not even trying to be funny. Like, Because I was with you on that one for the longest time, too, you know? Yeah, I watched, I watched the Bruins last year, and guess who wasn't there for the playoffs? Tuka Rask. Oh, <sighs> man, I tell you. What's the one thing you always hear about Boston people? The loyalty, right? Yeah, loyalty, family, yeah. So Tuca was loyal to his family, had a family emergency, and ran for that. Was it actually a family emergency? Yes, it was. Are you really going to go against him for that? Because, you know, a week after it happened, I heard heard everything was fine. Guess what? But Why was there no effort to come back to the team? Because I think by then, Mike, they were down, what, 3-1 to to Tampa, and you had a – I think oh, because by then Tuka Rask was about fifty long drinks deep. Mike, to get back into the bubble, you had a quarantine again. So by the time he did that, the season was most likely over for the Bruins. Who knows? He what? Was, who? Who are you to say that he wasn't trying to get back in there? Well, I think we would have heard it publicly. Oh, Rask, because you know, I think for PR perspectives, it, it would have helped if the team was like. Oh well, Tuca tried to get back in, but you know, it just the, the timing didn't work out. Didn't get any of that, and then and then you hear guys like David Krejci after the season goes, you know what? If we had a chance to go in the bubble again and have a chance to play for the cup, I would do it all over again. You think Rask was thinking that same thing? He thought, oh, we got to do this again. See ya. Who knows what Rask thinks? That man's nuts. But I'm telling you right now, he's a damn good goalie. Uh, Mikey, Brandon Tanev's hit in that Pittsburgh game on Jared Tenorti. It was a clean hit. Should not have been clean thrown hit. out of the game. No, I agree with you there. I, I, I'm right on board with you there. That hit, I just, you know, I I think he kind of maybe took a little bit of a dive. I don't want to make assumptions, but I'm I'm saying you think Tenorti took a dive, a little bit. Okay. I, I I think he exaggerated the the outcome of the hit a little bit. Was it a it was a good hit, made clean contact, but man, I think he kind of fell a little easy. I'm not gonna lie to you. So, in that hit. Tenorti's coming up to the red line. He's going to do a slap shot, the puck in the zone there, just to get a line change. I thought Tanev took a little bit of a run, but either way, buddy, pick your freaking head up, and the puck was just off his stick. So it wasn't like there was puck goes in, one, two, hit. It was puck off his stick, boom, he's hit. And I, I think Tenorti, shoulder right into the chest. Uh, Tanev, right into the chest of Tenorti, just sent him flying. And I think, right. I think the refs, this should have – you know, they, they will review anything in, in sports, but they can't review this. This was not a dirty hit. It was a guy finishing the play. 
And you know what? If I, I would love a guy like Tanev on my team. He sent Tenorti in the next week. And the fact that the referees heard a loud bang and saw an injured player, I thought they jumped the gun. Look, should he have let off on his strides a little bit? Yeah, he probably could have, you know, I don't want to say slowed down, but, you know, not have been pumping his feet as much when he got close to him. Fine, because I think it could have been a call to charge, but nonetheless, I thought it was a, a good shoulder-to-chest hit. Guy had his head down, so it obviously looked worse than when it was because he didn't see it coming. But, man, I have a hard time believing that, you know, he really fell and hurt, hurt himself because like he was a little shaken up, obviously. It was a good hit, but, man, I, I thought he kind of sold it a little bit to Norton. Dude, he got launched. Um, the NHL has got to be careful getting those hits out. You know, you don't want to be completely just rubbing a guy into the boards. You know, it's the NHL. They still The fighting is up, which we knew that would be with the same divisions. You know, the ratings going to go up soon with the ESPN deal. You know, and it wasn't a bad, dirty hit. So the NHL is going to clean it up and let some of these big hits stay in play. Yeah. Or else next they'll be putting parachutes on these guys to slow them down for big hits. So I got an issue with the NHL. This is my last point, Mike. Sean Corrales gets placed on the COVID list last week. The day, I think it was Thursday, Thursday morning, when the Bruins are scheduled to play the Sabres Thursday night. So reports immediately come out the game's postponed. A couple hours later, reports come out that the game is still going to be played despite the positive <laughs> test, okay, despite, despite Corrales going on the list. What happens? The Bruins beat Buffalo. We cool, great. Who gives a flying rat's ass? Now, the next day, four more Bruins players are added to the list. And now at least two Bruins games, one over the weekend that just happened, and now I believe tomorrow night's game, because we're recording Monday, the Tuesday night game against the Islanders is postponed. And the Bruins cannot be in their practice place, whatever, till at least Wednesday. Does the- See, I bet, your, I bet your Rask knew this was coming. Oh, he was like, dude, let's just play. You love a good Spread conspiracy the theory. Spread the germs. I want the week off. But does the NHL just make up their own rules as the season goes along with this? Seems a little reckless. I, I mean, why, you have a scare. Whether it's a positive test or not in Corrali, why would you continue? Why would you play that game? Hell, we saw games get paused so far for a, a positive test. Okay? And, and by doing that, now the Bruins are shut down till Wednesday. The four players that are now on the list and that are still on the list as we're recording now, Jake DeBrusque, David Krejci, David Pasternak, Craig Smith. The, if the league postpones the game Thursday night, maybe this is avoided. But the fact that they still went on to play the game, I thought was just reckless and irresponsible. Negligent, absolutely. How, can, how could you, you know, there's way more to lose in this case than there is to gain. You cancel the game, oh well. You know, but you'll make it up some other time. You play the game, there's an outbreak. Well, guess what? You created an even bigger problem for yourself now, which the NHL just seems seems so negligent in this case. Yeah, it's just, I tell you, that league, man, they can never get out of their own way. But hopefully all the parties here are well. I haven't seen anything pop up with the Buffalo Sabres team, luckily. So uh, we wish all, what the hell was that? <laughs> you just missed what I did. What'd you do? So, my phone was on one percent, so I was scrambling upstairs, like running, like like the quick little taps on the stairs, get up the stairs, running, and I was worried that my phone was gonna die, so I just had to reach and grab my charger. All right then, well, perfect timing, Mikey, because that's my last thought of the show. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> wow, look at this. Yeah. We got a pretty deep show. We didn't have a guest today. Over eighty, over eighty hours. 
What? <laughs> yeah, I was gonna. First of all, it's not gonna be that long. But second of all, I couldn't listen to myself for eighty hours. So I don't know about you. I can't listen to myself for more than eighty seconds. Yeah. Never mind, freaking minutes. Try being on my end of the phone, having to listen to you. <laughs> oh, I like them. Prospects you like now. that one, huh? You like that? The old jokester I am. I like those prospects you got packed behind there too. You just, I, I can't believe you just not on me, not with me with that. But whatever. I, I just, I, I think it's different when you have a salary cap. Yeah, every league should have a salary cap. I don't disagree with you. Okay then. I don't need the sassiness coming from Rosendale right now. None of your freaking business where I am right now. So I'll be in Massachusetts next time we record. Oh, good. I'll be in Maine. Wait, really? No. <laughs> uh, Mikey, I'll talk to you next week, bud. Talk to you then.